We are live at Greenfin Summit 2020, bringing together the investor community and corporate sustainability leaders with the goal of aligning efforts around ESG reporting, data, and capital markets. Enjoy this special podcast episode. Right now, we're speaking with Joel McCower, Chair and Executive Editor of Green Biz Group. Joel, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Joel, so some of the themes this year really revolving around how environmental, social, and governance is impacting the data world, impacting capital markets, and obviously Wall Street. In light of 2020 elections, what's going to be the most prominent sustainability theme as we get closer to November? Well, sustainability, Kisa, as you well know, is a very broad subject, so it brings in a lot of social issues as well as environmental ones, and we can talk about either uh, side of that. But uh, on the environmental piece, uh, climate change, the climate crisis is everything, and it impacts supply chains, it impacts uh, stock valuations and and company risk, it operates uh, what companies do and how they do it and where they source things from, what happens to the stuff at the end of its useful life. So that is the overall, I think, theme that we're going to be hearing a lot more about, uh, as you've seen uh, already this year in Davos and last year in in New York at uh, at Climate Week and the UN Global uh, General Assembly. Companies are are recognizing that this is not a nice to do, not the right thing to do, not doing well by doing good. Plain and simple, this is about risk. So as as we're speaking about risk and it's the right thing to do, but it's right in terms of a good business strategy, do you see climate as as evolving and really making a difference in terms of how things go with the 2020 elections? Do you see climate as being a game changer? Do you see it as changing up people's views in terms of where they'll go and where they'll land with the election? Too early to say. I'm I'm, I'm a little skeptical. I've, I've seen this movie many times before, having been in this field for over 30 years and thinking that this is the election when climate change or environmental uh, issues finally make you know, get on the agenda. Uh, obviously, last cycle, it didn't at all. This cycle, there's a good chance because uh, some of the, some of the I think all of the Democratic candidates have this top of mind, some more than others. The question is, is how much will this you know, go back into the usual, uh, we're going to crash the economy if we deal with the climate, we can't afford to do this, there's nothing wrong with fossil fuels, we're not even sure there's the climate's changing, or if it's changing, it's not humans' fault, and, and all those things that we've been talking about forever. So you're talking about the political movement and how this might not change and really be the one that tilts the needle in the same way that in the past folks have pulled for that. Um, In terms of looking at the economy, so shifting from politics to the economy, we um, last year heard from the Business Roundtable, as you know, some heavy hitters from the CEO of Johnson & Johnson to the CEO of J.P. Morgan really said, you know what, we really need to start thinking about sustainability from a business context. With that being said, how do you think that again, in 2020, this is going to really make a difference and that this conversation, this theme is going to be driven forward because some of the most senior people at these businesses are pushing the agenda. Well, as I said before, Kisa, this is uh, being seen increasingly about risk and risk comes in lots of different forms, financial risk, reputational risk, supply chain continuity risk, business continuity risk, right to operate, a social license to operate, 
uh, regulatory risk, and, and so on. And, and that's what's getting the attention of Wall Street, and that's what's getting the attention, the attention of companies now because Wall Street is interested in this probably for the first time. Uh, you talk to sustainability executives, this Greenfin Summit that we're at is part of a larger event called GreenBiz 20, where there'll be 1,500 corporate sustainability executives uh, here in, in Arizona. And um, they are uh, looking at this increasingly, and, and one of the things you'll find from them is that uh, two years ago, uh, they maybe got called into a, uh, an investor relations meeting with a, with a shareholder. These are the corporate sustainability executives in uh, a, a shareholder meeting, maybe twice a year. Now it's 20 times a year. Uh, and so they are at the table uh, for the first time, really, in, in my career. And it's, what's interesting is watching this just in the past uh, you know, two weeks, three weeks from, from when we're recording this, um, uh, the financial uh, uh, website Alpha Impact Alpha said that ESG is crossing the chasm from early adopter to early majority. Uh, in Davos a couple of weeks ago, the, uh, Brian Moynihan, the CEO of Bank of America, said all investors are saying, I want to invest in companies doing right by society. Uh, Adina Friedman, the CEO and president of NASDAQ, said uh, in the last couple of weeks that oh, they unveiled a platform to simplify ESG reporting. On and I could go on and on. Uh, State Street Global Advisors, one of the largest uh, investment firms, uh, said that ESG is no longer optional. We're going to start voting against boards of companies that lag their peers on environmental, social, and governance standards. So this has become a snowball. This has reached the proverbial tipping point. And that's what's, I think, the most interesting part of this, because up to now, it was about a little bit of risk, but mostly about being seen as a green leader um, to attract and retain talent or be a preferred supplier or any number of other things. Now, this is seen uh, as, as a just pure and simple as a risk factor. If you uh, Just before Davos in January, the World Economic Forum and Marshall McLennan companies produced their 15th annual global risk report, uh, which is this uh, really amazing two-by-two two table where it, uh, on one axis is impact and the other is likelihood. So on the upper right quarter, uh, corner are the things that have the highest impact and the highest likelihood to be significant risks to business and society and economies in the next 10 years. And for the first time in 15 years, all five of the top issues were environmental. And, and some of the others in the second tier, the next five, were things like infectious diseases or famine, things that very much can be linked to climate. So they were listed as social or economic risks. But obviously, all of this is tied to, to the climate crisis. And so this is now front and center on the business agenda. What they do about it, how fast and, and how ambitious they're willing to go is uh, remains to be seen. And speaking of the social risks as well as healthcare, you mentioned we're hearing a lot about the coronavirus now, and there are some folks who are on the sustainability side saying that we might be able to track these types of things in a quicker way once we have greater adoption. From a sustainability perspective, do you see a connection between being able to track and understand the flow of something like the virus um, and? bringing that together with how we can make sure that it doesn't 
um, get out of control, quite frankly. Well, I have no idea whether the coronavirus has anything to do with a change in climate. It might, it might not. I just don't know. I'm not an epidemiologist and haven't seen any research on that. But the fact is that, that the kind of response that's being mandated now by the coronavirus is something we damn better get used to because we're going to be seeing a lot more spreads of infectious diseases, things migrating north and south that hadn't been in certain parts of the world before. Uh, and that's partly because uh, insects that carry these diseases will be migrating north and south uh, uh, as, as different parts of the planet uh, change uh, heat mostly. And so we're going to be seeing a lot more of this kind of thing and how we share information, how we respond, how we treat people who have uh, or may, may be at risk for some of these things is going to uh, be an ongoing story. We're going to have to figure out how to do this in a quick, efficient, and humane way. And uh, arguably, some of the responses so far to coronavirus have not necessarily been of that, way, of that approach. Certainly, absolutely. We do need to get better about how we treat people in general, but particularly um, people who um, have these sorts of things going on. Absolutely. In terms of going back to the first half of 2020, are there top three trends that you would say that you would see impacting the capital markets as it relates to sustainability? Well, there's nothing that's going to do so more than climate and ESG. Uh, the the pressure, if you if you go back uh, a few weeks and look at the Larry Fink letter that he wrote uh, to his his stakeholders, the CEO of BlackRock, um, he said that every company, a publicly held company uh, of any size, should uh, do two things. One is adopt science-based targets. Uh, so adopting to uh, the making climate and other kinds of commitments that in line with what the science actually says, not what you think you should be doing, but what the science actually says is your uh, operation's fair share of the problem. And, and then to sign on to the terrible acronym TCFD, the Task Force on Climate-Related <gasps> Financial Disclosures, um, this uh, European-based uh, framework for reporting on uh, on how companies are now being asked and required in some stock exchanges around the world now to report on what is the impact uh, of climate on, on operations, on supply chains, on customers, on employees, on a number of other things. And what this is all part of, Kisa, is, is a really interesting phenomenon that fairly recently, in fact, it's sort of in process now, we're flipping the script from what is business doing to the climate which is still obviously a big question, to what is the climate doing to business? And that's a bit of a different conversation in terms of, of saying, well, you know what, this is fundamental and maybe even in some industries existential in terms of how we, not, how we operate, where we site our facilities, uh, maybe how we, even how we think about what business we're in and the products, services, and business models that we deploy. Um, it's, it, we're going to be seeing... Uh, a fundamental shift in some in some companies in some sectors, whether that's not necessarily going to happen in the first half of 2020 or in the whole calendar year 2020, but in the 2020s, this is going to be a significant shift, and it's starting now. Mm. So, from risk being something that we're really taking seriously now to real change that simply comes from the number of people, senior and otherwise, who are talking about climate change, to, and I love this, what's business doing to the climate? Flipping the question to asking, what is climate doing to business? Joel, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure, Kiza. 
we invite you to subscribe to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your content. What did you think about the podcast? Leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for updates on our show. Thank you for joining. See you next time.